Well, y'all, as, um, as I'm getting ready for today's message, I just want to ask the Lord to speak through me and bless our time together. Would you just close your eyes and ask him to speak to you today? Heavenly Father, you're so good. God, you've been so good to us. We just sang about the goodness of God. You've been so good. God, I pray this morning that you would speak to your people. Give us what we need, each and every one of us. Reveal to us things in our life that need to go. Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen. We all, we're starting a new series today, and it's, uh, it's only a two-week series, so I guess maybe you'd call it a mini-series, uh, and it's called Habits. Everybody say Habits. Mm. And today I'm talking about the title to the message is stopping. So stopping habits. Everybody say stopping habits. Now, who in here would be honest and say, Pastor, there's a pretty good possibility that I have some pretty bad habits. Okay. How many, let me try it a different way. How many wives would say that your husbands have some pretty bad habits? And how many husbands would say that we got some wives that have some pretty bad habits? Man, you guys are much braver than me. I only like halfway put my hand up like, yeah, I don't know. We got some woos over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's, I bet I can bring this all together. How many parents in here would say that you have some children that got some pretty bad habits? I knew that was going to happen. You start talking about husbands and wives, this gets a little quiet. You start talking about people's kids. Yeah, our kids have got some bad habits. Amen? Well, y'all, we're going to have some fun. I don't typically encourage you to do this, but I want everybody to grab your cell phone, take it out of your pocket, and get ready. Pull up messages. Get ready. Pull up messages. So, okay, so we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a poll real quickly. And what I want to see is up on this poll, we're going to see what is the worst habit that is in Clawson Assembly of God. So take out your phone and put text message to, and here's the number that you are going to text. Text message to, and it is 22333. So you are going to be sending this to 22333. You ready? What are you going to send? Josh Pogue, 444. Okay, Josh Pogue, 444, and you're going to send that to 22333. Okay, you ready? Everybody send that, and it will send you this little bitty thing telling you that you are now ready to go. Make sure you activate it in the back. Okay, so it sends you this thing. Now here, don't, don't vote yet. Don't vote yet. Okay, so here's the habits that we have up there. A, if A is your worst habit that you have in here, then you're going to hit A in just a minute, and you're going to hit sin, and A is biting your nails. How many of you guys bite your nails? I do. I'm just going to throw that out. It, it definitely got that habit. But it's not, you're not supposed to be doing it yet. I knew we were going to have some cheaters. How's it going to be the people that says procrastinating? <laughs> and then it changes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we got procrastinating. We got getting lost in social media, late night snacking, being late, and speaking before thinking. Okay. So get yours ready. What is your worst one? Some of you, you're looking up there and you're going, okay, all of those are me. So which one is your worst one? On your mark, get set. Everybody put A, B, C, D, E, and let's sin. Hit sin. We're going to see what the worst is in here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's all changing. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Okay, you have 30 seconds left. Wow. 
Wow. I did not foresee procrastinating being the worst one, if we're being honest. It's like a run. It's a race. Okay, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Okay, so the worst bad habits that we have in here, you have, first of all, um, well, y'all are cheating. I said the time is off. It's done. Okay, so procrastination is the first biggest one. And then the second one, which I actually thought was going to be the biggest one, was getting lost in social media and Netflix. How many of y'all find yourself lost sometimes? You get on, you start a new series, and you're like, oh, man, that series is good. And then 17 hours later, you're trying to hold your eyeballs open, and you're like, oh, I got to finish the series. Anybody? Uh-huh, we got some people that are being honest this morning. Okay, so we are talking about bad habits, stopping our bad habits. Let me give you some statistics real quick. Probably a lot of you have heard these statistics, but in order to stop a habit that you have formed, statistics tell us that it takes 21 days to stop a habit that you have formed. So if you have, you know, you started a habit of watching Netflix every night and you're going to have a hard time breaking that or you got this procrastination thing or whatever. If you would like to break that, statistics say it takes you 21 days to be able to completely break that habit. And then in order to start a habit, so you want to start making sure that you read your Bible every morning at 5.30 a.m. or you get up and pray or whatever. In order to start a habit, it takes 66 days in order to get a habit formed. So because it's easier to stop, we're going to go with the easiest one first, and we're going to talk about the 21-day stopping things in your life that need to go. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, I'm going to start reading in verse 20. Here we go. It says, and he added... And it, it is what comes from inside that defiles you for from within. Everybody say within. Y'all were quiet. Everybody say within. Yeah. From within, out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceitful, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Verse 23 says, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Okay, so right off the bat, this scripture starts with some really, really bad habits. He doesn't give you like biting your nails and stuff. Like he throws it all out there. And so he says, it starts with, here's what he says, uh, sexual immorality, theft, murder, big things. Everybody say big things. So it's, it's, it starts with these gigantic sins, but the thing that fascinates me the most about this verse is that it actually gives you the issue to those sins inside this verse. So what he says is, it comes from within. Come on, y'all, I made y'all repeat it. Everybody say within. It comes from within. It comes from your heart. Now, what did we talk about last week? Guarding your heart. 
Because here's what happens. Listen to me now. If you do not guard your heart, then what takes place is you start to have this buildup of these habits that take place because you were not guarding your heart. Like we talked about last week, we have these habits that begin to form that what happens is out of within you, because you did not guard your heart from within, from your heart, because you let these things form, comes these really, really bad habits. Theft, greed, whatever it is that you deal with. And a lot of times what we do, because we don't guard our heart, is we kind of downplay the habits that we have. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, pastor, that's just who I am. Anybody ever heard that one? That's just who I am. That's a product of how I was raised. I can't help that, right? I'm from the South. That's what we do. I'm from Texas, right? Listen, maybe you could chalk it up. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. A couple, I got a couple of bad habits. You know, it's, it's not like I'm on crack or it's not like I'm murdering people. I just, every now and then I have an issue being dishonest and what comes out of my mouth is not the truth. It's really not that big of a deal. We chalk it up. It's not that bad. It's not really that big of a deal compared to somebody else, amen? That's what we do. This is what we do when we're looking at our habits. Or maybe you know that you have bad habits, but you haven't really dealt with your habits because you've just kind of been complacent. Eh, I got it, but it's not that bad. I'll just hold on to it. It's really not that big of a deal. Listen, here's what the Bible just said, y'all. Those things flow out from our heart. The greed, lust, immortality, dishonesty, pride. Those aren't just little habits that aren't that bad. Those are big, big deals. In fact, I'm going to go with nasty habits equals heart disease. Write that down in your notes. Nasty habits equal heart disease. Because when you don't guard your heart and you begin to form nasty habits, then what comes out of your heart is diseased. Amen? You guys are quiet today. Listen, this is the verse from last week. I'm going to give it to you and then we're going to jump into today. Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Those habits that you form comes out of your heart. The bad things that you allow to take place comes out of your heart. And that heart, that deceitful heart, the Bible says, is what, call, is what determines the course of your life. Everything you do flows from your heart. And so if your heart is in trouble, then you are in trouble. Nasty habits don't just need to be thought of something that's not a big deal. Their heart disease. So this morning, what I'm going to give you, instead of giving you three points, I want to give you three cures to your heart disease. You ready? Three cures to your heart disease or your habits. Here we go. Number one in your notes, determine your nasty habit. Determine your nasty habit. Second Peter chapter two and verse 19 says, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Mm, how many of y'all want to be a slave? Listen, there's a favorite quote that I have. It's all-time favorite quote as a pastor. Here's what it says. I don't know who, I don't know who said it. I think maybe Craig Rochelle. But he said, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. Man, 
That's all the cause of heart disease, of not protecting your heart. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. How many of you guys want to be a slave? No. So we need to determine the things inside of us that we need to get freedom from. Has anyone ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? Okay, so Stockholm Syndrome, for those of you that don't know, it's a psychological condition in which people are held captive. And when they're held captive, uh, they, they begin to form bonds with the people that are holding them captive. And then for whatever reason, they begin to align themselves with the people that are holding them captive. It's weird. I could never do that. They're not going to convince me to follow them. But the, where it came from, you ready? Stockholm, um, let me see where it was from. Stockholm, Sweden, there was a bank robbery in 1974. This is where Stockholm Syndrome comes from. There was a bank robbery in 1974. And in 1974, these, these, uh, these bank robbers come in and they take over four people and they take them into the vault and they're in, the, in the vault with these four people for six days. Everybody say six days. Okay, so what takes place, day number one, these guys just captured me and put me in a vault, and there's no, I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm, there's gonna be a way I'm gonna find to whoop up on them guys, I'm gonna take that gun from that guy, whatever it is that I gotta do, that's my attitude, right? But what happened in this is by about day three, they just begin conversating with each other, talking about each other's lives, making jokes with each other, Things like that. And so they're, they're forming a bond together. This is the guy that captured the bank. Now they're forming a bond together. Okay, so then on day four, the police call for ransom and they hear one of the ladies in the vault say, listen, I trust these guys 100%. What I'm scared of is you cops coming in and shooting me. So now she's moved from being anti the guy that captured her, the, the guy that made her a hostage. Now she's on his side and she's afraid of the cops. Then by day six, it said from the arrest, the people that arrested, the people that came out, they could not tell the difference between the hostages and the captors when they came out of the vault. Y'all, that's crazy. And that's exactly what Satan likes to do in our life. He likes to sneak in and give us spiritual Stockholm syndrome. What does that look like? What do you mean, pastor? I mean, sometimes the enemy can trick us into becoming so complacent with our habits that we forget that we have them, that we encourage them, that we align ourselves with them, that we have fun with them, and that we allow them to grow. So the first step in your heart surgery this morning is you have to determine the things inside of you. You have to acknowledge that you have a problem. You have to determine the things inside of you that need to go. And if I'm being honest, probably 100% of the people in this room have things in your life that need to go. Amen? Including myself. I want to give you a prayer, most, one of the most beautiful prayers to pray in Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24, it was David praying. He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, there's some people in here right now that you have nasty habits and you know what those nasty habits are and you, I've already determined them. As we begin talking about habits, they just jump right up in your mind. You're like, oh, snap, I got lots of those. 
I need to quit this and I need to quit that. And I've got a sexual problem with a pornographic problem. I've got an alcohol problem. I've got a drug problem. It's a big problem. And so you, when you look at that, you're like, oh man, I already know what I need to get rid of. But then others of you in this room, you don't have necessarily that big of a problem. And so what you need to do today is you need to allow the Holy Spirit of God to show you the things in your life that you need to get out of your life if you're interested in moving forward in your relationship with Christ. Because probably every one of us have got complacent and pieces in our lives. And we've allowed Satan to come in and be our friend instead of our enemy. And we don't even know that he's captured us and he's locked us in a vault and he's talked us into being his friend instead of his enemy. So number one, you have got to determine the things inside of you that have to go. Listen, there's some of you in this room that you have past hurts and you have pain that have made you hold bitterness and unforgiveness for so long that you forgot that it's there. But it is there and you've never gotten rid of it. And today God is saying it's time to get rid of the bitterness. Some of you in here today have a nasty little habit of fear. And instead of, instead of holding on to faith and trusting God every time something happens in your life, you go back to this fear and this anxiety. And God is saying, my will for you is not to live in fear and have anxiety. My will for you is to have peace and freedom. Some of you maybe are living in doubt and unbelief that the Lord can or wants to take care of you. Some of you maybe have hatred toward other people or even toward yourself. And honestly, I could go on and on and on and on, and it would probably take me a couple of hours to hit the thing in your life. But here's the thing. Some of you already know what that thing is, and others of you need to pray the prayer that David said, God, would you search me and reveal in me? Show me. The things in my life that are not pure that need to go. Examine yourself. What are my nasty habits? Reveal it to us this morning. Heavenly Father, that is my prayer. God, that no one in this room walks out of here the same, that you reveal to each and every person junk, that if we could just get that habit, if we could get that junk out of our life, that we could have a spiritual breakthrough and that you would be able to move us forward in our walk with you and help us become the disciple that you've called us to be. Number one, determine the habit that needs to go. Number two, what you remove must be replaced. This week is stopping. Next week is starting. So we're going to talk about this a lot next week. Starting, replacing it with what? So you're going to get some junk out of your life today. We're going to replace it with some good habits next week. So I'm not going to stay here just a long time, but I want to read to you this scripture, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Everybody say, let God transform you. Listen, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I am a big fan of cleaning. Let me rephrase. I'm a big fan of throwing things away. Big fan. So what I like to do is I like to go through my home. I like to go through my car, the truck, the van, the office, anybody else's office when they're not here, <laughs> the entire church, and I like to get rid of junk. I hate junk, y'all. 
I hate clutter. It's like the biggest pet peeve of mine. I hate it with all, every piece of my heart. And, uh, and so what happens if I can, some of you, you're like therapy day is going to the spa or it's going fishing or it's shooting that axis buck in the, in the foyer. That's your, like your best, that's your therapy. My therapy is if I can fill up both of the dumpsters in the back, it's been a good day. So what I like to do is I like to go through the church and I have a policy. The policy is if we haven't used something in 18 months, we're probably never going to use it again. Let's throw it in the dumpster before somebody sees. <laughs> so, or sell it. If we can make a little bit of money, we can sell it, give it away, whatever. But let's get it out. We don't want to clutter. In my home, I love to do this. The issues that I have is that I work with people and people are not the same way that I am. I also have four children, y'all. That's my wife's fault. <laughs> I have four children. I have a four-year-old, a 12-year-old. No, I don't. 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old. I don't know. I have three teenager, preteen boys, and a four-year-old. And can I tell you that they don't care about throwing away the junk? Matter of fact, I think that they find it funny to leave junk everywhere. It's like the junkier, the merrier we are. And y'all, my wife, I love her with all of my heart. And she's perfect, y'all. Man, she's perfect. But she doesn't view things the same way that I do. And so what happens is when I, when I go through and I want to gather all the junk and I want to throw it in the dumpster, she doesn't want me to do that. She wants me to put it in a box and throw it in a closet. Why would you put it in a box and throw it in a closet when in 20 years you're just going to pull it out of the closet and throw it in the dumpster? And so what has to happen... <laughs> Thank you. What has to happen is about one, once every six months, I have to tell her, babe, could you take a, a, a day with your friends and go out of town? And then when she goes out of town, I go into the closet. And then she, she's got so much junk that she's never going to know what junk is gone. And she's going to be like, man, where did I misplace it? I don't know, babe. I don't know. I, I mean, it's just... So what is the, what, where am I going with this? Listen, in our lives, you know what I found in my home? I found in my home that if I don't pull it out of my home and get the junk in the dumpster and make the, the people take it away, then what happens is that junk's going to be stored up somewhere and then it's going to be all over my house again. And so what you have to do in your spiritual life, just like your physical life, is you first of all have got to get the junk out of your house. You cannot store it away to go back to it later. Because all that's going to do is junk up your life again. So you have to release it, give it to God, and be done with it, and then replace it with something good. Okay, now stay with me here. So what does that look like? What does that look like? <laughs> I didn't hear that, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> mm. 
This, I'll put it to you this way. Stop trying to throw out old habits and trade them for good ones. Lord, I'm sick of this pride. So God, help me to trade my pride for humility. Because if I can't accept humility, eventually I'm going to pull the pride back. But if I can walk in humility, I can get rid of pride. Help me get rid of my pride and help me to walk in humility. God, I have been fighting these addictions for so long. The addiction to do drugs, the addiction to pornography, the addiction to an adulterous relationship, the addiction to um, whatever it is. You know what your addictions are. You know what your habits are. Lord, I've been fighting this addiction for so long. I don't want to be addicted to that thing any longer. I want to be addicted to Jesus. And trading that physical addiction that we had for a spiritual addiction. And instead of doing drugs uh, and, and being addicted to drugs, we do things to be addicted to Jesus. Lord, I've been angry and I've had bitterness and hatefulness for so long. Would you help me to get rid of the anger and the bitterness and the unforgiveness and replace it with joy? Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength and replace it with peace. This surpasses all understanding. You can't just get rid of it and then not replace it with something good or it's going to come back. So when you get rid of junk in your life, you got to start training to be a follower of Christ and a disciple of Christ or you will go back to being of this world. Here's the deal, y'all. There can be so many helpful hints and tricks to stopping habits, recovery programs, accountability with a godly mentor, 10-step processes, and all of that stuff is great. It is, and I encourage it. We have most excellent way here at the church. I encourage you to go and do those types of steps. But if you're just re relying on a process and not allowing God to truly come in and heal you and replace those things in your life, you're most likely going to fall back into those things. Everything points back to Jesus. So number one, determine your habits. Number two, what you remove must be replaced. And number three, nail those nasty little habits to the cross. <clears throat> nail those habits to the cross. Galatians chapter five and verse 24 and 25 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, which we talked about earlier a little bit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now, for some of you, that may seem a little bit confusing. Pastor, you want me to nail my habit to the cross Really? Like I, I thought that you were going to tell me to do something like that I could actually do. You can't nail your habit to the cross. Where that might be true, you can't physically take and nail your habit to the cross. In order to understand true freedom and where freedom and victory comes from, it all goes back to the cross. And here's what you need to understand. Our victory has already been given to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. And when Galatians says that we nail 
our sinful nature and our sinful desires to the cross. What it's saying is you've already got victory, but you have to choose to do it yourself. The victory for your habits, the victory for your sin, the victory for your addiction, the victory for all of those things has already been given to you. We just choose so many times to hold on to them when Jesus has already gotten victory because they've already been nailed to the cross. We just haven't made the decision to nail them ourselves. Jesus has done it, but we have not. Colossians chapter two, verses 12 through 15 says this. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of our charges against us. He took it away by, help me out, nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed, the public, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Listen, church, that victory that you've tried to get and you failed, that addiction that you've tried to break and you failed, that thing in your life that you've tried to get rid of and you failed has already been given the victory to you because of what's been done on the cross. That's where we gain the victory. Listen, until you kneel down at the feet of Jesus and allow him to take it and be done with it, chances are you're probably still going to fight it. In closing this morning, I'd like to ask for my team that I've asked to come up, the team that's going to be holding the crosses and, and, and helping them out. Would you guys come up? Worship team, would you come up? Listen, I know for some of you guys, would you stay with me? Don't, don't look over there at them. Stay with me. I feel like God's going to do something powerful in just a moment. For some of you guys, you're probably like me, and you're thinking to yourself right now, Pastor, this is kind of cheesy. You want me to go nail something to the cross? Listen, I was very much like you. I went to a weekend, and at that weekend, they talked to us about nailing things to the cross. And I thought to myself, I'm not even going to go do that because that's dumb. Lord, I'm giving you my stuff, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I'm not going to go nail it to the cross. And let me tell you something, y'all. I decided to be obedient because I felt like that the Lord was telling me that I needed to go nail it to the cross. And when I went down... When I went down and I knelt down at the cross, you can't kneel at the cross and not think of what he's done for you. Amen. And when I got down and I knelt down at the cross and I said, all right, Lord, I want it to be done. I need it to be done. And I got up and I began to take a, a hammer and a nail and I began to nail that thing into the cross. Something inside of me broke. It was a breakthrough that took place. Why? Was it, is it because of the, the, the fact that I'm nailing something to the cross? No, it was because I was obedient. And I went and there was something spiritual that happened when I physically began to hammer that nail into the cross and I began to weep and something began to break in me and I felt breakthrough take place in my life. And I'm telling you this morning, in just a minute, we're going to start singing this song. 
And the song that we're going to sing is that there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's a prophetic word last year that chains would be broken in cloths and assembly of God. And I'm telling you this morning, my encouragement is do not allow Satan to stop you from getting your breakthrough today. So in just a moment, here's what we're going to do. We have a team of people that are holding crosses. We have a team of people that have hammers and nails that they're going to give you. And then we have a person that's going to give you a little piece of paper. If you want to use the paper, you can. If you don't want to use the paper, you do not have to. But we're going to take and we're going to nail the junk that we've been holding in our lives. We're going to nail it to the cross and we're going to be done with it. How many of you believe in breakthrough? How many of you believe that God wants to give us breakthrough? Would you stand with me this morning? So here's what I want you to do. Listen to me. First of all, I want to tell you, you do not have to be in a rush. We have five crosses. We have all the time in the world. And I've, I've, I've let us out a little bit early. I'm not releasing you. I'm holding you captive so that you can get on the same page that I'm on. <laughs> but here's what I want to encourage you to do. In just a minute, I'm going to encourage you. you don't, if you say, Pastor, I'm too embarrassed to write that down on a piece of paper, you don't have to write it down on a piece of paper. But I'm asking you, would you come up would you, if you want to kneel down before the cross, if you want to, whatever it is that you want to do, you talk to the Lord, you give him the habits that you've been holding on to, you nail that habit into the cross and you receive your breakthrough today. And after you nail it into the cross, I want to encourage you to find a place to pray and allow Jesus to just minister to you. And then our altar ministers will be all up here at the front. If you feel like you would like prayer for strength or whatever in your life, then find one of them. They have name badges on. You can find one of them and, uh, and they would love to pray for you. Let's sing this song.